Albertans who follow politics will have a busy day next Tuesday. Pop the popcorn. We have the by-election in Brooks Medicine Hat. Uh, Premier Daniel Smith trying to win a seat in the legislature. That goes next Tuesday night. South of the border, we have the latest chapter in... Uh, I don't know, the dystopian novel that is the United States these days. It'll be written during the midterm elections taking place on November the 8th. lot at stake here. Um, some say democracy itself in the United States is at stake here, including the president of the United States, Joe Biden. He gave a speech yesterday talking about just how important next week's midterms are. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. And I want to be very clear, this is not about me. It's about all of us. It's about what makes America, America. Yeah, he's talking about the threats to legitimacy of the elections and refusing to accept the outcomes of elections. I mean, the list goes on. A lot of people say democracy itself, hanging in the balance. Maybe not on Tuesday, but it's another step down that road. We're going to chat now with Matt Liebel. Matt is a department chair and a professor of political science at Western University. Matt, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. Let's define what midterms are. I think for a lot of people who don't follow politics closely, it can be a little bit confusing. We're talking about these elections held, always held, two years after the presidential election. It's not for the president. This is um, a secondary slate. I mean, this is they, they have cycles in the U.S., right? Right. So every member of the House of Representatives is up for re-election every two years. Every member of the Senate is up for re-election every six years. And so each every two years, you've got all the members of the House and one third of the Senate has elections. And half the time it's coincidental with a presidential election. And like this year, there is no presidential right. election and we call them the midterms. So President Biden will be President Biden for two more years. But what is at stake then? We've got the House and the Senate that are sort of up in the air, right? Right. So the House right now is has a Democratic majority, but it's very, very thin. Yeah. And that looks likely to flip to the Republicans. The Senate is 50-50 and ties are broken by the Vice President Kamala Harris. And that also is sort of teetering towards the Republicans. Okay, so um, when Joe Biden talks about what could happen if it does tip into the hands of the Republicans in both the House and the Senate, what's at stake? What would happen? What's on the Republican agenda should they win the House and the Senate? Okay, so imagining that they win both of those, uh, the first thing would be the end of the uh, January 6th uh, committee meetings and the end of, of uh, that sort of uh, bipartisan effort to dig deeper into what happened and Donald Trump's responsibility. Uh, there would be negotiations over who was the uh, Speaker of the House and probably the most right-wing uh, members in the in the Republican caucus uh, would push for, you know, they'd have demands. They'd want good committee um, memberships. They'd want to have uh, oversight roles. There would probably be pretty quickly um, talk of impeachment of Joe Biden. The House would try and pass articles of impeachment over who knows what, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop or some some issue. Um, but that that is certain to happen. And then if this, if Republicans also hold the Senate, then those impeachment articles, uh, they would probably get passed. And then there would be an impeachment trial in the Senate, which would never result in in uh, President Biden being impeached because that required that would require some Democrats to to agree with it. But it would make much of the next two years just about pure partisan warfare. Um, 
nothing would get passed right. with divide the government that way. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd have gridlock, which, you know, if, if observers think back to the time with um, Obama, he, a lot of his agenda just got stalled because because of those three branches. So it would just turn into more of, like you say, partisan warfare. And I think a lot of people are really, really concerned that the partisan warfare in the United States, and this is what Biden was talking about, and he's not alone. A lot of people are talking about on the ballot in these midterms is democracy. What do they mean by that? Well, there's many, many Republicans, um, especially in uh, in Congress, um, who are espousing non-democratic ideas, right? That that uh, if they can either win or the election can be stolen from them. They deny the results of the 2020 election. Um, Carrie Lake, who's running uh, for governor in Arizona, says that you know she she's unlikely to accept a loss. She would see that as as fraud. Um, the peaceful transfer of power that is a key part of democracies wasn't there in 2020, and it looks unlikely to be there in 2024. You you have really one party is undermining faith in democratic institutions and faith in in you know truth and a shared reality, and um, it's it's just dangerous. We've seen all these norms broken. Mm-hmm. You know, demo- democracy is not just a constitution it's it's people who are upholding the way that you know the way that parties treat each other that treaty treating the opponent as the opponent and not you know the enemy um in terms of what happens going forward it really sets the stage for the next presidential election as well in 2024 right it sort of opens some doors or closes some doors Right. So now when you think about, you know, what would it take for Joe Biden to win the electoral votes in a particular state? Right. So the president has to win 270 electoral votes. And January 6th, 2021 was when those were counted. And we had, you know, the, all that uh, the rioting. So what will it take for Joe Biden to win a state in 2024? Well, the state has to vote for him. But then the secretary of state of that state and the governor of that state and the legislator of that state all have to approve that he actually won. And then you need the House and the Senate to approve that what the state decided. And for all of those things to happen in some states, uh, with some states, is getting really questionable. Arizona and Wisconsin, they may not approve of of what the voters do. They may try and put their own uh, set of electors in. And then you just have this... You know, getting to getting to an outcome that both sides agree to, uh, and, and agreed that was fair, just um, is looking like a remote possibility now. Yeah, it is. It is hard to believe sometimes, and it, and it's downright scary. Matt, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.